Hey, Casey. Hey, Jacob. I got a question for you. What's up? What do a spirited but giftless girl from a family of magical people and a musically talented boy from a home that forbids all music have in common? I don't know. What do they have in common? Well, let's find out, shall we? Because this week I watched Encanto. And this week I watched Coco. And now it's time to make The, the Movie, movie Connection. And all right, here we go. Welcome in, everybody. Yay, 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 You know, I love it. <laughs> it. I really love it so much. You. Both of these movies just make you want to, like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. Casey, sit down. She's just dancing. My I'm God. I'm dancing. <laughs> Flowers. pulling a guitar out. <laughs> yep. Flowers are everywhere. Just holy crap. The energy. <laughs> the energy. Welcome in, oh. everybody. My name is Jacob, and I'm here with my sister, Casey, and this is the podcast, The Movie Connection, which is a podcast where we, you know, in an effort to broaden our individual movie horizons and to just remain connected in general, we decided to connect over something that we both enjoy. Movies. Movies. And so every week we assign each other movies to watch, usually that we haven't seen before, mm-hmm. and then sit down we watch them and then we discuss them and review them and then we try to figure out hey is there any connective tissue between these two different movies any at all anything mm-hmm. and you know what some weeks are easier than others i tell that's, you what <laughs> that's true tell you what this was one of the easier ones <laughs> it was like almost too easy i was like well that's just too obvious like if i wrote down every connection we would be on the phone for so long yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah right. but uh i think that there's some very strong ones in here between these two very awesome stories yeah and uh so i mean i have a feeling we're gonna spoil a few connections just in the yes of talking about them but hey it's whatever. inevitable this is our show. We'll do whatever the hell we want. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is great. Uh, yeah, some connections way more obvious than others. I mean, let's, I mean, elephant in the room or mouse in the room, really. These are <laughs> from the Disney wing of things. Yeah, I didn't even make that connection. So that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, they are both Disney. Neither are Pixar, right? Uh, no, uh, Coco is Pixar. It is, okay. But Encanto, that's Disney. Straight yeah. up Disney. It's an interesting example of it kind of, yeah, you kind of think the other way around almost. Almost. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Two great movies and two, like, just, I mean, the South American culture is just... So beautiful. Pumping, pumping through these things. Yeah, the energy. Yeah. And the colors. Uh, oh, so without delay, I think uh, it's it my turn to start. It is. Well, let's talk about Encanto. Let's talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Well, we don't talk about him. <laughs> uh, welcome to the family Madrigal. An eclectic group of Colombians who have made a solid home and community tucked away in a breathtaking valley surrounded by lush forests and beautiful and vibrant flowers and animals. Life has not always been kind to the people that call this land home. The matriarch of the family Madrigal, Abuela Alma, lost her husband to the intolerance of others many years ago. But out of this tragedy sparked a miracle in the form of a eternally burning candle. And this miracle granted the first three Madrigal kids magical powers, and then their children. And so has been the tradition of the Madrigals for generations. But lately, the magic of the Madrigals has been called into question as Mirabel was not granted a magical gift. With the future of her home and family uncertain, Mirabel seeks out her uncle Bruno, 
who the family never talks about, in an effort to use his future seen powers to guide her. But Bruno's vision only raises more questions. With no magic of her own to rely on, Mirabelle will have to confront her family, even the opposing and tradition-driven Abuela Alma, who's never been able to fully embrace Mirabelle as part of the family. Uh, family Madrigal. <laughs> Got to get that in there. Uh, Phil... <laughs> Songs and dance that are synonymous with the culture that the story celebrates. And Kanto follows this particular family's journey to acceptance. Yeah. I Spoiler. Love it. <laughs> Spoiler. It's about acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Well, not Ugh. just about that, That's the great thing. Yeah. There's so many relatable things about Encanto and about... Like, we have a big family, so I feel like that part is very relatable to me when I watch it. Um, And just, I feel like they have characters for everybody to feel connected to, you know? Right. Yeah. And the dynamics, like, you know, we've got that imposing matriarch. Yes. You've (laughs) got one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, not even, and it's not even like your, uh, it's not your stepmom, but it's, yeah, who is it? It's, it is a grandparent, though, of sorts, uh, right? For who? For you, the imposing older woman figure? The, oh, Josh's grandmother? Yeah, that's it, okay. <laughs> She's lovely. <laughs> we love her. But yeah, she has opinions, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Intimidating. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody's got a Bruno. Sometimes a lot of Brunos. Yeah, for sure. And Bruno's, I, I, I don't want to get into it yet, but Bruno is a really interesting character. Yeah, Bruno. But so happy to find out that it was voiced by, uh, yeah, John Leguizamo. I was like, that sounds like John Leguizamo. It's awesome, right? Sure enough, it was. Man, he's changed over the years. He's calmed down. Like, he doesn't do as many of his off-the-wall characters. Like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's true. He did a movie called The Pest, and, yeah, he was a pest. He was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. For sure. Yeah, Mir- Mirabelle is uh, voiced by... Uh, Stephanie Beatriz, who I know from... Character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's where I know her, and I love her, and, and she polar does it. character. Like. Yeah, and a totally different voice, too. She definitely, like, makes her voice higher pitched for this character, um, and she does, like, a low and slow talk when she's on Brooklyn, so it's yeah. kind of fun to see her voice work, you know? Yeah. Totes. Also, she can, like, really sing. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, She sets it off great. Like, great opening number. It was hard to top that. Like, I was like, you know, everybody talks about the Bruno song. Well, they don't talk about it. But we do. (laughs) It is, like, the catchiest damn song. I love all of the songs on this, but that one is the one that gets stuck in my head. And I can't stop singing it. Right. Bruno. No, 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 no. And whenever I sing it around my, I have a four-year-old nephew. Whenever I sing it around him, he always goes, but now we do talk about Bruno, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. That's cute. Uh, Did you hear a lot of things about this movie before going into it? Not like details, but I definitely heard about the Bruno. Like the hype. Yeah. Just the Bruno song and that it was kind of a lukewarmly received, really. Like, people were just kind of eh about it. Yeah. Uh, um, but no real details. Now, I actually thought that Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it, but that is not the case. Uh, I think he just did the music. Yeah. Right, which it does, when watching it, it does make me want to watch Hamilton. So it has... The music does have the same qualities that he's known for. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> joint. It, like, it, it definitely it, is. With the songs, I mean, like, it has that sound, like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. 
definitely from the singing, I'm always like, ooh, Hamilton, I got to watch that, um, <laughs> which is fun. Like, he's got a brand, and it's great. Like, that's a, it works for it me. It works. Like, oh, me too. Colleen was texting me about this. She's like, yeah, apparently he's polarizing. Like, people either love him or hate him. It's like, I guess so. I guess I have heard, like, of haters, but it's like, I don't get it, because, yeah, he works for me. Like, you know. Yeah, me too. I don't get it either, because uh, I, I love yeah. him. Yep. It's the perfect crossroads for me. It's like, yeah, he's got hip-hop influences, like... Plus, you know, there's always, like, this Latino, hopeful, like, like, tint to his songs that I enjoy. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Q&A. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. Uh, which character did you relate to the most? Ah, relate to the most? I mean, yes. Bruno. I mean, come on like <laughs> I love it I love I mean, Bruno I like love every single part about Bruno yeah I mean he's like to me I see myself as the Bruno in our family you know but I, who, I would disagree but <laughs> but who like who does it like that's the great thing is like I think everybody yeah anybody same with Mirabelle, too, though. Like, Mirabelle also, to the, because they're kind of two sides of the same coin, I feel. Yes. Uh, because they're both outsiders in their own ways in the family. Uh, yes. Black sheep, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so everybody, but everybody feels that way. Like, everybody's going to relate to those characters in the family. Everybody feels that way at some point. It's a, Absolutely. It's a human feeling, you know? I will say, like, when she goes down there and her first encounter with Bruno, when he's all like, oh, I wouldn't touch the cracks. They scare me. Somebody else does that. And then he puts his head over his face and he starts talking in another voice. That does make me think of you. Like, that, 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 that is so funny. I love it so much. I love that uh, when they are dangling over the cliff, like, you think it's so far up. And he drops and he's like, oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> right. This is all just like fog. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was good stuff. No, so Bruno's good. a character Mirabelle related to a lot. Uh, I mean, because then let's point out, like, I'm not going to relate to, uh, uh, let's see, Louisa, um, you know, uh, Isabella, like, no way. Like, <laughs> Miss yeah. pretty perfect flowers coming out of her butt. That's uh, who I relate to. That's who you relate to? Well, only the level of, like, feeling like you don't want to let anyone down and you want everyone to see the best side of you and, like, being that perfectionist. Oh, right. That oh, part yeah. of her personality I relate to so much. And she's a people pleaser, wanting to make everyone in the family happy, so happy that she's going to marry someone she doesn't even really like. Yeah, right, right. Um, not that I would do that part, obviously, but I am a people pleaser um to an extent so i relate heavily to that totes and but louisa's your hair like that like <laughs> <laughs> i would grow flowers if i had a power <laughs> yeah for sure oh yeah no that's actually that's accurate yep <laughs> uh which song was your favorite so i mean you know um, i do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so here's my yeah i'm glad uh you know, everybody talks about the Bruno song, but I'm surprised that the runaway hit wasn't uh, Surface Pressure. Um, oh, it's so good. Me, that one, like, got me, like, it, like on an emo emotional level, like, to where it's hard to sing along with, because I'm just like, ah, why do I feel this so deeply? And also, it has something to do with the progression and stuff like that, you know? I feel like there's a science in there somewhere when it comes to music, <laughs> where it's like, for some reason, these notes and arrangements and something, like... Right. Gets me or something. But uh, I really liked that, uh, that one. And uh, definitely that one felt maybe the most Lin-Manuel. Uh, yeah. It's just like, oh, the, the hip hop is really coming out in this one. Um, yeah. Might be it's another reason why. So um, good. I really and I really liked the uh, the voice talent of that actress who had done really nothing leading up to that like she'd uh, done a lot of podcasting uh oh, stuff cool. 
and then uh and then this and yeah i hope like we get yeah more and more because definitely voice wise she's yeah got a future because very distinctive voice uh yeah uh, beautiful it's a great character and uh she did a great, uh, I sent Casey this, there, she did a cover version, apparently this last Christmas or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, did a fucking jazz cover of Surface Pressure, and it was amazing. Oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. It was so, so good. Just when you there thought... There was someone that. playing the cello. Yes. Um, it was, like, so beautiful. Ugh, so good. I'm glad I found that one because I was looking for covers because I like to do that. Me too. <laughs> you know, with with good songs, especially with that. It's like, ooh, this has got a lot of potential for some artists to get in there. Um, yeah, especially artists with like a lower vocal range, which I yeah. feel like you don't really get a lot in Disney musical movies. And uh, it turns out there's a lot of like punk and rock and like metal versions. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. i get though like especially the way the lyrics are like yeah i get it yeah yeah when <laughs> i'm thinking so. about it i can see it i guess yeah that's pretty funny service it's <laughs> 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 like a flaming circus <laughs> all right yeah Potter. that was definitely my favorite and that one followed closely by uh Followed closely by, I like the opening number a lot. I love. It's I so good. Stephanie Beatrice was killing it with that opening. Yes. And you get to learn all about the characters as she does the song, too, which is really nice. Great, yeah. Great original way to yeah do it. My cat. Kitty. Yeah, he's being naughty. Anytime I'm on the phone, he's like, what can I do? What can I get into? What can I do? For a conduct bar. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Oh, actually, this is sort of a two-parter question. Uh, do you think that there's a villain of this story? Ah, you know, so is it? Uh, so this is Disney, right? Yeah, right. this is Disney Animation Studios. I feel like is this their thing where they like to go the unconventional route with their villains nowadays, which is so smart. Like they decide to go like let the villain be like a thing, like like an yeah, or like a little more indirect, like because it's smart because nowadays, like yeah, we're looking for it, right? You're looking right. for the villain. um. It's either that or they found really smart, unconventional ways of pulling the rug out from under you and revealing villains, too. Like, And I feel like they have to stop doing that because now we're looking for that, too. Because you haven't seen uh, Wreck-It Ralph, but they do it really well in that. Um, mm. anyway. um, so I feel like the answer, like, uh, the obvious answer would be to say uh, Abuela Alma. Um to an extent, but she's acting in good faith. Like, she's not hurting anybody, you know. She's just, like, letting her trauma control her, right? right. And she she loves her family, like, so much. And, like, right. one of the things I really love about the Abuela character is she apologizes and, like, tries to make amends for her right. wrongs, which I think is, like, such a lovely humanizing thing that you see in this movie and it's yeah. all about like people like what they perceive and trying to you know obtain an image and hold on to that image and like taking on too much right um which is like very realistic things that people deal with you know every day very modern uh relatable stuff and something that i like didn't really what do you think is, like, threatening the candle? Is it just, like, the family, like, fighting? Like, I was trying to figure that out while I was watching, and I'm like, I understand how they get it to work again, but what made it actually, like, stop working, you know? Right. Uh, so I do think it is the 
yeah, I think it's just a disruption in the family itself. The yeah, the more yeah, the more and more he gets revealed, the more Mirabelle finds out. Like yeah, so the more prominent the cracks become and all that. You know, beautiful. Like it's you know metaphorical brought yes. to life and shit. Like it's magical realism. You know. Yes. Which uh, I love. Um, me too. I love that. I guess it's got to be that. Uh, I think so. I, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about Bruno. No! <laughs> How, like, I just want to, like, talk all about his character. Um, I, like, love everything about him like the lore that surrounds him within the family the song is really fun and it's kind of genius in the way that it takes you through like what they perceive bruno and his powers to be right yeah um and what they all think of him or you know fear they kind of all are scared of him and like what he sees right which is a great theme for like future seeing powers like so often that scene is like desirable and mm-hmm. it could be pretty cool but at the same time like who really wants to know their future like you only want to know your future if it's good <laughs> that is true that is so true so i like that they uh take that route with it where it's just like no seeing the future is serious business mm-hmm. and uh do you think that he only sees bad things that could or do happen because we didn't really get examples i think it's all perception right because like especially with mirabelle and how you perceived it like you know uh and it's just it's it's one of the it's like those timeline things right like yeah uh, like well only when until you make the decision are we in the (laughs) in the thing uh, yeah. Uh, but it, because otherwise it's, yeah, it's up in the air. Like, didn't that happen in Twilight or some shit? Yeah, until you made a firm decision, the future was, like, sort of swirling. Right. <laughs> Everything <laughs> leads back to Twilight, you guys, in case you didn't know. <laughs> it absolutely does not. So first-time listeners do not <laughs> Um, if anything, it circles back to Cocaine Bear. Now, let's talk about this. <laughs> By the way, uh, development in terms of Cocaine Bear. Um, <laughs> where's the bear update? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, I tried to look more into it because I'm like, okay, let's maybe we'll get more of a clear idea of what the tone is going for here. No, it is still undecided, folks. It's like, no, no. I think Elizabeth Banks is positioning it to be a comedy like yeah okay she's saying it's gonna be character driven so you know that even in and of itself in a movie about a bear like oh it's character driven but it's about mm-hmm. this bear. yeah no it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so weird and we're not gonna know anything and then the trailer's just gonna drop one day i was so excited because i saw it's like oh my god cocaine teaser cocaine bear teaser trailer oh my god no it wasn't it was not it was Damn. It was very not a trailer for that. I hate the internet sometimes. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Click bullshit. Like, you know, like, what does this get you? What? Is, well, I guess you got my click. You, know. you got my click. Yeah. Um. Anywho, back, back to, back to so, Bruno. Um, back to Bruno. First of all, thing he's got going for him is he's voiced by, uh, uh, shit. Already lost it. Uh, <laughs> John Leguizamo. Thank you. I was just about to Google. Um, I'm like, I can't remember I, either. Love that guy. Uh, he's been doing a lot more serious stuff lately, but I know him. Like, he was the voice of Sid in Ice Age. He's the voice. He's in that Spawn movie from the 90s where he played that big fat clown character so unrecognizable and then he plays luigi mario in uh the mario super mario brothers movie like <laughs> yeah he's done a lot of random shit got a quite a quite a filmography 
Yeah, and I so feel like I've seen him a lot in cameos of, like, different TV shows that I've watched. Right. Oh, and he was actually in, we uh, we did that episode on Kick-Ass 2. He was the, uh, the motherfucker's uh, <laughs> butler, but he hated being called yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, you're my Alfred. Anyway. I love uh, it. So anyway, I love that. So he's got that going for him. He is the outcast. I always like a good outcast, and especially... With the future seeing powers, that's great. So he's got a mystical quality. He's got a great also, role. Like, he does. And I really love his superstitions. Like when he leaves a room, he does, you know, like and throws the salt over his shoulder. He knocks on wood. He like spins around like <laughs> just right. like the... and this. Is, and this is a guy who can see the future. Like... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um awesome yeah i just wanted to talk about him since they they don't want to talk about him most of the movie but i really love his character and there's a beautiful irony to that where it's just like wow this song about the guy we're not supposed to be talking about yeah yeah Yeah. it's interesting like after you watch it again too like i felt so much sympathy the next time that i watched it for bruno the whole time not that i didn't feel it this time the first time but the first time you're kind of trying to figure out what's happening. So the right. second time you go in and watch it, you're just like, this poor guy has been outcast by his whole family for something that he can't control. Like, yeah. you know, um, he's a, ju- he's a what? Uh, he's a junkie. No, <laughs> kidding. <Aww. laughs> um, and he's supposed to be Abuela Alma's brother. Is that what was? No. So she had triplets, and he's one of the triplets. Oh, there it is. Okay, that's what. So it was. Mirabella's oh. mom is his sister. There we go. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, Uncle Bruno. Yeah, Tio Bruno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Love him. Love it. <laughs> All right, time for your favorite questions. Favorites. Beautiful. Favorite character. Favorite character. Oh, favorite character versus favorite performance or same thing? Well, I thought maybe we could do favorite character and then maybe favorite. Where do you did favorite song? Well, I guess it is all the same because for me, because I did love Mirabelle. Like she said, she's, so so she's, a great, uh, she's a great lead. She's great to follow all the action because. Yeah, she's not annoying, like, pretty much on board with her, definitely relatable, helps that she's bubbly, but not annoyingly so. Yes. Um, so, and that was portrayed by Steph- Stephanie Beatrice, as we mentioned, so, yeah. Awesome. She was great, with the honorary mention going to, actually, Abuela Alma, because that actress yes. is so great, uh, and the, her name is Maria Cecilia Botero. Beautiful. Yeah, she killed it. Um, I really liked her voice quality. And yeah, the character was. uh, Yeah, you didn't just inherently hate her. No, she was definitely she's even relatable on some levels. Yeah. As the person that's just trying to hold all the shit together, you know? Yeah. Awesome. She's tied to tradition. You know, I felt like I felt like one of the big themes was like a generational, you know, generational collision going on where it's just like you're just so tied to tied to tradition like come on be weird like me come on man let's get liberal (laughs) (laughs) yeah especially like you know in other cultures like tradition is such a heavy weighed thing um and a lot of other cultures have like really old traditions that they uphold and so then when you start adding in new traditions and and new things on top of it it is like a total shock especially to like the matriarch matriarchy of the family yeah 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 uh favorite scene favorite scene i do love the opening so it's just really like you know uh I just love the opening number and I love like it established itself as something original. Like you get that magical realism going on. So it's kind of hard to top that. But then uh, but then 
followed shortly by, you know, probably meeting Bruno for the first time, like we mentioned. Yeah, that scene's fun. Get a kick out of that fog scene and all that kind of stuff. So that's fun. Awesome. I love it. Going through Bruno's place for the first time, that had a very Raiders of the Lost Ark quality to it. (laughs) Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Favorite quote? I mean, so here's my overall thing about this movie. Uh, As amazing as it is, it is one of those, it just doesn't stick with you like some others might. Like it's, you know, like it's in the moment, it's amazing and everything like that. But then like the songs are not as memorable, um, even though they're amazing because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. But I can't like I can't like recite them to you, really. Uh, uh, I can do the Bruno one and that's it. Sure. Exactly. See, exa- right, right, right. Um, but the, also, I feel like there's fewer of them. Also, there's fewer songs, you know, yeah. so it's interesting. Um, but uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll suffice it to say, there's not a lot of like big dynamic quotes. Like there's great yeah. moments and stuff going on. But uh, and there's more like awesome lyrics going on. Uh, but I I think it's as simple as like, you're just what this family needs. Like, you know, that's Aww. a good, solid quote and something nobody not everybody gets to hear enough. No, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Awesome. So take that, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. So, would you rewatch and recommend? Yeah, definitely. Especially, like, it's just so, it's such a pleasure for the eyes. Like, you know. It is. And the musical numbers are so badass. Like, you know, um, and honestly, yeah, the plot is kind of secondary because uh, it gets dwarfed by all the amazing imagery and the musical numbers and everything. And then mm-hmm. you have some awesome characters, though. Like, uh, yeah, they really went out of the way to make them each dynamic. Yes, I agree. Yeah, even the characters that don't get a ton of screen time, you still like kind of know a bit about them, which I appreciate as well. Yeah. I love the one who can hear a pin drop really well. Like she actually She's awesome. Great runaway character. I can't remember her character's name, but yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's the cousin. Yeah. Um, and what would you rate it out of five stars? It's a three and a half, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like it you know, that's still not bad. Uh no, it's not. Maybe a four, I don't know, with time, like, with subsequent viewings or whatever. But it just, it did. It's just not quite as memorable. It's like, again, like, it's fine. It's still amazing. It's above average. Uh, but, yeah. Just doesn't stick in the crawl like other ones do. Um, okay. But still really good. Still really good, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would I reboot it? Absolutely not. No. A uh, sequel? Uh, or show? It or does. Uh, it does have something to it, like a show, because then you could go through the town. Like we could have, because then it's about the madrigals helping out all over the place. A lot of uh, people were bummed that Mirabel didn't get like powers or they don't know if she ended up having powers at the end because she's technically the one that brought everyone back together and you know Bruno said that she like is very important to the family and said that you know it was all up to her kind of and that she had the best power of them all but to Mm -hmm. me that was just like being ordinary but like being you know helpful to the family I don't know sure and I think, you know, that could be the message, though. It's like, you know, that's your that's your power, like being the ordinary one in a family of gifted people. Like that's a different kind of power in the scheme of things. Yeah, totally, totally. The absence of power. Um, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Something or, like that. Uh, yeah, maybe not sequel. Something like that, because it, it unfortunately it would. Like, it doesn't work for a stage show because of the magical realism. Like, you can't have, like... No, because it does... The songs do feel like you should be watching them on stage being performed. 
Um, but because of the magical realism, I was even trying to figure out like, but I'm like, it would just be too cheesy, I think. Yeah, you couldn't do it. Ooh, you know what they could do, though? Although we have they, Harry Potter now. We do. They should do a variation of this, but with, like, Circus Delay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like, an yeah. Encanto Circus Delay would be magical and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they could totally do it to where they'd be showcasing, like, the supposed powers that each person has. Without yeah. having to make it seem like a realistic thing because you're going to watch acrobats perform, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. That's my pitch. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that takes care of one movie. Yeah. Now let's talk about the other one. Coco. Casey, tell me about. Coco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Coco, we follow young Miguel. He has big dreams of being a musician like his idol, De La Cruz. There's an issue, though. His family has a generations-long ban on all musical things. Miguel <laughs> is desperate to show his talent, and he thinks he might be related to De La Cruz. So he confronts his family, and his abuela destroys his guitar. In a fit of rage, Miguel runs away and finds himself in the beautiful land of the dead, searching for his long-last great-grandpa. Along the way, he meets his old family members and befriends a trickster named Hector, who is running out of time. Together, they will look for the real story of Miguel's family and work together to heal generational trauma. Yeah. yeah. Generational trauma. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, we're covering... Uh... Heavy topics, and this one covers one of the heaviest topics of all. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Like, these are Disney movies, but these movies, they are both very, like, heavy. Mature. Yeah, they're mature. Yeah. Uh, both of them make of me cry for different reasons. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yes. Definitely both of them make you feel sort of emotionally exhausted when it's over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, you don't want to watch these double feature no even though they do so like match together nicely it's yeah. still like you feel drained from coco because you're dealing with grief and like how people process grief and then with encanto you're like dealing with like familial stuff and also like your self self-worth i can't speak um yeah. and like learning how to deal with that so it's just like a lot of shit man a lot mm -hmm. all right oh um and you what have you heard the leading up to this i heard it was fantastic right yeah and i hadn't Good. seen it and i wanted to watch it but i wanted to watch it with josh but josh almost never like voluntarily watches a cartoon yeah um to be honest <laughs> it's just like I say that, and, you know, one of the shows we watch is, like, a cartoon show, but uh, it's a comedy. It's different, you know? Um, yeah. And so I just hadn't got around to it. Like, knowing that it was just going to be there, I could watch it whenever. Um, hadn't watched it yet, so. But I heard all good things. Yeah. Um, diving into the Q&A here. What are your thoughts on the animation? Do you like the style? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I like the style of the animation. I think it's really cool. And I like the way they depict, like, like the Day of the Dead and the makeup and, you know, uh, the paint. And, like, even on um, Hector's skull, he's got, like, very cool little design of paint on his skull, which is very cool. Yeah, very yeah. detailed. I really like it. Um. This movie tackles a pretty serious topic of mortality. Sure does. Do you think this is too much for kids? No. Yeah. I fucking wish that I had this when I was a kid. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, like, every kid hears and learns about death through the people around them and how they perceive and deal with death. But having something like this, like, really gives you a, an idea of, like, maybe a little bit more of a positive way to look at things. 
Um, and just like shows you that grief doesn't always have to be so heavy. Mm. Right. Like I've always struggled with grief and the idea of grief and like, I'm not really a very spiritual person. So, I mean, I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm not really a religious person. Yeah. So like, you know, the unknown parts of death always sort of send me into a spiral when someone I know dies. Um, it's just like part of my grieving process. Um, but like, it's, I don't know. Coco was just such a nice, like showed you that you can just honor their memories, which is, you know, a day of the dead thing. And that's why they bring out all of the photos and it's just like so lovely. Right. I feel like people associate day of the dead with Halloween, but I feel that's a gross oversimplification. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree. People like, you know, I love how, you know, typical, yeah, American thing. (laughs) Yes. No, it's like, oh, it's like they're uh, Halloween. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's its own thing. It's like. (laughs) Yeah. And like Halloween has maybe started out to be something more similar where people believed that spirits could roam the day, you know, the earth for a day during that time. But now it's really about costumes and candy. Yeah. Versus, right. like, Day of the Dead, they still do, like, yeah. feasting with family. They, yeah. like, they pull out all of the photos. Yeah, it's just a very different thing. One of them is cultural, and one of them has sort of become, like, a corporate holiday. Yeah, exactly. Um, not to say I don't love Halloween. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. It's interesting how other cultures, yeah, put death in the, yeah, in the forefront, which is very much, yeah, not an American thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I think it's so healthy for kids to like, I hope a lot of kids grow up and watch this movie while they're young so that they have a different idea of what it means to die and what it means to grieve other than just what the people around them show them, you know? Yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite song or maybe a favorite version of the one song? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we hear so much you know, of the one. The Remember <laughs> Me song. So of the Remember Me song, yeah. Um, but I loved, I loved, loved, loved when Miguel sang Coco. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Like, that whole scene was so lovely. And, and then you find, you know, I kind of figured out that he was his grandpa. And that that song was the Coke. Wait, Coco. Yeah. The Loco. When when Miguel is on stage singing the Coco song. Oh, that it's Loco. Oh my God! I thought he said Coco. Oh no. (laughs) Fuck. Sorry. (laughs) Should have been reading the subtitles. Um. Anyways, I love that song a lot, and I thought it was so good. Yeah. And he did such a good song, a job singing that song. Like, that kid is great. Yeah. He's, Ay, yay! So, yes, so cute. Love that shit. You're good at that. So cute. Uh, awesome. Uh, so a little more on the serious side, but I'll put this in the middle and then we'll have more light stuff. Um, <laughs> so if there were one word, let's say, you'd like people to think of when they remember you. What oh. would it be? No, just one word that comes to mind. It doesn't have to now, don't be too serious about where it's just the one word that will forever encapsulate you. But just for funsies, you know, like a word that will come to mind when people just remember you. I hope. Not the word that comes to people's mind when they think of me is happy. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's a good one. What about you? You're not getting away without answering that question <laughs> yourself. <laughs> uh, what would, what, what did I say? Uh, kind? Yeah. Mm, kind is also really good. So not the word that people would think of at the That's moment. That's not true. But- <laughs> that is not true. Um, let's see here. What did you think of the villain Ernesto de la Cruz and how they revealed him? Like, did it get you? It got me. Yeah, I so I didn't I 
thought that maybe Hector was Miguel's grandpa sort of earlier on. Um, But I did not think that De La Cruz murdered him. Right. That was, like, shocking. I thought De La Cruz was going to, like, you know, give him his blessing and give him the pedal, and I thought it wasn't going to work. You know? Um, I didn't... Don't talk about Bruno. There's a really cool YouTube video of uh, them doing the choreography for We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah. While the song overplays and they have the cartoon version on the bottom and they have the real people like planning out the choreography on top and it's very cool. Oh, that's sick. Um, so the pedal, flower pedal, you thought it wasn't going <laughs> to. Yeah, I thought De La Cruz was going to like give him his blessing and hand him the pedal and I thought it wasn't going to work. And that's when we were going to find out that Miguel was his grandpa. I see. Which like to a point sort of was about to happen. But then we found out that De La Cruz murdered Hector. Right. Um, which is like so fucked up. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> holy Again, shit. Really heavy stuff here. Like. Yeah, like there is murder happening. And this poor kid, you know, he's like in the land of the dead people. He's trying to find relatives. He just finds out that his like idol that he has loved <laughs> forever is a murderer. Yeah, right. Um, and then he figures out that it was his grandpa that he murdered. Like, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> this kid's got a lot of shit to deal with, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. So really great reveals. I love, yeah, when they do finally realize how they're both grateful and yes. about it. We're just like, hey, I'm proud to be his grandson. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um. You know, we've had a few uh, so dumb they're cute, you know, animal uh, characters in Disney yeah. movies these so days. so many. Um, you know, most recently, though, the ones that come to mind would be like, Hey Hey from Moana. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, between Hey Hey and Dante, who's cuter? Dante. 100%. I love Dante so much. I love Dante. I love hey, hey. Like, I can't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. I apologize for anybody that loves Hey, Hey, but I think that Hey, Hey is stupid. All right, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. It's on record. It's out Take there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And, you know, I think Dante, he definitely, I could see how falls into the category where he's probably obnoxious to some, but I think he's cute as hell. I think he's cute, too. And he even has his own little self journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that for him. (laughs) I love it. For sure. I'm like a person that rescues stray animals when I find them on the street. So, like, you know, this kid feeding the dog and then the dog following him into the afterlife. I'm like, this checks out and I love it. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, Great. Um, How does the culture or style differ in the two movies we saw today? Or how are they similar? And this is almost dipping into connections, but not so much. But, I mean, let's face it. We got, these are both of South American cultures, you know. Right. Yeah, they are both. Yeah. Uh, they both are really heavy into the familial values. Yeah. Um, like, like very that. much like you will put your family before you put anything else. Uh, it does feel but, the, the, the dynamic goes family, then, you know, whatever. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I am pretty close with a Colombian family. and oh. And being around them also is very much 
like how it's depicted in both of these movies where it is like they have weekly family dinners. Mm. They're a huge family. They get right. together with the cousins and the cousins of the cousins and, and everyone, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and very, very, very family oriented. Nice. Okay. Uh, checks out. I, I feel like, yeah, totally checks out. I love it. Right. I think that's like, yeah, the big one. Yep. Yep. Also, like all of the colors, um, like, you know, the outfits are very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, the landscaping is colorful. That they have a lot of the great colors down there, South America. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I love that part of it. It reminds me, it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I love South American culture. Like, God. Yeah. The food, the culture, like, it's a rich history. Like, yeah, good stuff. Um, All right. I think it's finally time for our favorite questions. Favorite. So, favorite performance? Um, I really love Anthony Gonzalez, who voices Miguel. Like, Great. Oh, this kid is so cute, and he's got such a good voice, and he's just yeah, awesome. Actually, yeah. He can actually sing like that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Hector, which is uh, Gail Garcia uh, Bernal. Great. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we do spend the most time with both of them, but they have, like, such a fun dynamic. Um, and both voice actors are very good and compelling. No annoying voices in this, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ernesto de la Cruz was a great voice, too. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Which was Love Benjamin it. Bratt. Oh, really? What? <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. Benjamin Bratt as... No, wait. Hold on. Look that up. As in Miss Congeniality? Am I getting that wrong? I'm, I'm getting yeah. that wrong. No, yeah. you're not. No. What? <laughs> Impossible. Oh, I wish it would let me. Impossible. <laughs> Benjamin Bratt. <sighs> wow, you have a fucking good memory, dude. How the fuck? Okay, that's... Ernesto de la Cruz. That's amazing. How the fuck is that the same guy? What? (laughs) Mind is being blown in real time. (laughs) Fuck. Oh. Wow. My God. I had no idea. I. It's not the same guy. I. That's crazy. (laughs) All right. I can't. I can't. (laughs) You know, he also dated Julia Roberts, so this guy is just all over the place. <laughs> uh, get this guy out of here. Get him out of here. A bell on him. <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite scene? Um, I have a couple. Uh, so, I love when Miguel sings to Mama Coco. Like, so, like, very, very much at the end. Um, and then she sings with him and then brings out, like, the box of the stuff that she kept. Oh, God, I was crying so hard. Yeah, so you beautiful. Were a puddle. Puddle on the I was. Floor. I, like, want to cry just talking about it. It's so sweet. Um, and then I also really love when Miguel is the next year when Miguel has the baby and he's like, and this is this person and this is this person. And he's like teaching her about, you know, their family history um, and and the generations of their family is so sweet. Totally. How about the, the final death? That's the one that's where it gets. Mama Coco. No, no. I'm saying like, they call it the final death or whatever. Oh, fuck man. Dude, like, they got it. It's like, man, this is, yeah, this is telling you, this is what death is, like, to me. When no one remembers you anymore, when you're not being, yeah. Like, yeah. Think of all the people that have been forgotten. All right, anyway. Oh, God. About that. Um, (laughs) Favorite quote. I'm not like the rest of my family. There's something that makes me different. Miguel says that. Yeah, Miguel. I love it. 
And Lynn Manuel Miranda, I think, voices two fucking characters in this thing. He Shame. does? I'm pretty sure. Oh my I god, think. so he like he's a connection, let's just say that right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he voices, I think, the mariachi in the beginning and then the mariachi in the undead world. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one mm-hmm. of the two. And uh yeah. But Shameless. uh awesome. Shameless. Would you rewatch or recommend? Yes, for both of those. Of course. Like, come on. It's too good. It's really good. Um, out of five stars, how many stars do you give Coco? I give it five stars. Absolutely. Come on. This is one of the best. Uh, this was Pixar, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. This is. Probably one of the best because I think this made my top five when we did that Pixar list back. Yeah. Um, and now you see why. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I feel like everybody should watch it. Because it really does. It, it it puts me at ease, a little more at ease anyway about death and everything like that. Like. You know. Yeah, it just gives you kind of a beautiful new way to look at it. Yeah. Right. Um. Something I really appreciate, and it sort of makes me want to look at other cultures and the way they view death a little bit and examine that a little more closely. It's something that I've, like, sort of done a little bit, but I kind of want to, like, in-depth examine that a little bit more. Right. Uh, just because I feel like this was such a healthy way to explain it to children, too. Right. Like, you know, put this on for your kid, and then afterwards, if they have questions, like, open like a frank discussion about death and like you know how you would want to deal with it and how you want to remember the people that you love that die and things like that you know should they reboot it well <laughs> no <laughs> they can't really no. do a sequel either like you know yeah I think they really closed the door yeah <laughs> um at the end they like made sure that you know it was all wrapped up beautifully yes uh, which i appreciate it could be a good play. Yeah, could be. Especially, yeah, the skelly effects. Yeah, totally. Love the skellies. Like, they somehow managed so to fun. make something, those skeletons, like, yeah, enjoyable to watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally agree. All right. Well, so that covers both of our movies. Yeah, it does. So now the time has come to make the connections between the two. <laughs> Chess pawns, clock, matches, all physical objects man-made. Small in size, light in weight. That's the connection. Surprised to see me? No. Then you're aware of it. Of what? Our connection. And so we are all connected in the great circle of life. All right, let's do it. We kind of touched on some of them, but, uh, you know, I mean, I mentioned it before. Both draw heavily from the South American culture. Mexico for Coco and Colombia for Encanto. Mm-hmm. Casey, what do you got? Uh, both, like, grandmas, abuelas, are bitter when remembering a family member. Yeah. Uh, both movies have strong family culture. Yeah. Uh, both main characters try to help lost or, you know, black sheep family members. Um, Miguel to Hector and Mirabel to Bruno. Yeah. That's um, both use music to tell the story. Yeah. And then uh, both families have generational trauma to process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Miguel and Maribel are both outsiders in their respective families for different yeah. reasons. You got the Disney and Pixar connection. Yeah. And the computer animated. Yes. And Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes. And Lin Manuel. <laughs> Which is not even a connection I fucking made. <laughs> love it. I love awesome. it. So there's the connections. And a new segment we do now is we let you know, you know, if you enjoyed either one of these movies, here are some movies that you might also enjoy. 
But look at this nice thing that we have here. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find, catch me a catch. So, for example, if you enjoyed Encanto, you might enjoy the movie Spirited Away. Yeah. Frozen. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, you know, just to name a few. And if you liked Coco, you would, you might enjoy The Book of Life, which I haven't seen, but it's also about Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. Um, All right. And it is also a cartoon. Uh, Encanto. Yep. And Spirited Away. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This one especially because they both are like kind of going to a spiritual, yeah. like going over a bridge and into a. Reasons, like Spirited Away for Encanto because of the weird realism and yeah you're right and then Coco for the fact that literally the we're spiritual shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally I love it fun so basically watch Spirited Away people like just yeah Jacob and I both love that movie like so much good one so good um awesome there is that. Um, and now how about we talk about some recommendations? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm recommending a new Netflix TV show called Uncoupled. Okay. Um, it was created by and starred in, um, from Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he created it too. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it was produced by Darren Starr, who was the one who did like Sex in the City, Younger. Oh, wow. Um, yes. And oh, it is like you say. Yes. <laughs> when I told Jacob about this, uh, I said, yeah, it's kind of like a gay sex in the city, um, which I'm not yeah. the first person to make that comparison. Uh, it's so uh, awesome. No shame in that game. Hell no. It's awesome. Like, yeah. it's so nice to see, like, at the center of the story to be a gay person becoming single after being in a couple for a long time and then trying to like find his way in the world of dating apps and millennials like bring a whole new thing to it. You know, there's like a lot of um, fun and interesting storylines and they touch on a couple of serious things too, but mostly we keep it kind of light and fun and, and, and at the heart of it, it's just like, how do you get over a hard breakup, which I think, you know, a lot of people could probably relate to. So nice. Uncoupled. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. I was going to save this for next week because it would make a little more sense, but I can't. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, yeah, we've been covering wholesome things. This is very much not. Uh, no, <laughs> no. So from uh, I follow this creator on uh twitch and instagram all of the all of the things i stalk them basically um and his name is gary witta and he's behind such great the movie uh book of eli he wrote that Mm. um he is responsible for the story for uh rogue one the star wars movie okay so he's a really talented writer and uh he's got a new podcast slash audiobook slash novel thing out and it's called gun dog and it's basically i love he's described it this way himself he's like okay imagine it and he's british so it's great when he describes <laughs> it. It's like all right so imagine i'm not even gonna do it because it would be a sin because like, he's got a <laughs> british accent but what if book of eli had big fucking robots <laughs> Um, which is accurate. I've heard like so far he's released a prologue. So now if you follow him on Twitch, um, he is going to start doing this uh, August starting August 10th. And then every week following he's doing it like an old radio show and he's going to release a chapter or a a section of the book in audiobook format and uh, yeah, do it that way. And then there's going to be an audiobook, And then finally, there's going to be a in print novel. So a great way to do it and he's just super creative guy and it's really interesting i've heard the prologue already and it's got my interest so oh that's awesome gun dog a podcast everything else wow that's awesome yeah yeah there you go so those are recommendations if you have recommendations of your own that you want to send our way you can do that by sending them to our email 
Disney channels. Whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my god. You guys. Because we covered I, Disney movies. That's why. I, I think so. And I'm in finals right now. My brain is literally fried between studying and then the 100 degree weather that we've been having. I have no brain left. Um, Sorry. Movie Connection Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. At Disney Channel Surfers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, Yeah, we're not there Actually, anymore. I don't think it exists anymore, so you can try. <laughs> uh, at The try. Movie Connection, all one word. Or you can follow us individually. Me at Jacob Bean Watson. And me at Casey Schwartz. We've got a Facebook. Hey, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Yeah. Appreciated. Um, yeah, you know. And now the moment we've all been waiting for, the moment where we reveal the movies that we are assigning each other to watch for next week. And mm-hmm. boy, we have an epic week in mind for you guys. Hell yeah. So, Casey, I've been talking about it for a while, and now it's finally time to have you watch it. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I know you're All judging right. it, but just go in with an open mind. It's really good. I'll try. Yeah. And Jacob, I'm assigning you a throwback. All right, a throwback. I love a throwback. Jurassic Park. I hate this movie. No, <laughs> no you don't. It's so Nobody bad. hates this movie. You it's know just... who does hate this movie? Oh, who? Oh, right. Our mom. Our mom. Uh, How has this happened? Like, this is weird. Like, I don't I don't buy it. Nobody hates no, it. No, I can't believe it either. I can't imagine that she wouldn't get sucked right in. It's so good. So good. Ugh. Can't so, wait to fucking talk about it. It's going to be gonna so be fun. Great to discuss, for sure. So, definitely join us for that. I think, did we cover all the segments? I think so. I think we got them all. All right. I think we did. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Stay cool out there, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Surprised to see me? No. Then you're aware of what? Our connection. So, we are all connected in the great circle of life.